This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, today we've got a very special interview for you. It is with Justin Brierly. So you should have heard that name before because I talk about his show on my podcast literally all the time. He is the host of the unbelievable radio show and podcast on on Premier Christian Radio over in the UK. He's also the author of a book called Unbelievable, Why After 10 Years of Talking with Atheists, I'm Still a Christian. And guys, if you've heard me talk about this before, it's been in the context of some of the best and most polite debates you might ever see. So this guy has spent, I I think, over 10 years now recording these interviews, typically between an atheist and a theist. But it's it's not just on, you know, whether God exists or whether he doesn't. He goes into a lot of different areas. Like, he'll go into areas of culture, areas of race, or areas of, like, specific minutiae within the Bible or within theology. But the thing about it is, and you might find this typical because, oh, he's, he's English, everybody's polite over there. But the thing is, is I've never heard more cordial debates than the ones that he does on his show. He is a tremendous moderator and he's incredibly humble about it. So I try to like poke him a little bit to let him know like he's he's actually really, really good at this. But we really got to dig in on this podcast on what he really enjoys about moderating, why he enjoys moderating, why as a Christian, he tries to be Switzerland. He tries to just sit there in the middle of these conversations and, you know, what he does to kind of fight his urges to want to just jump in and maybe save the the Christian guy or gal who's maybe not doing so well in the interview or something like that, but also the book. I thought the book was an incredibly accessible book for most people. And it, it's a book that if you're not like a big apologetics or theology nerd, it's again, it's very accessible. It's something that you can read. It's something that you could even read with your kids and and get a better idea as to kind of what's going on with the, uh, some of these larger worldview topics. And, you know, it's going to be a little bit over some of your kids' heads and most of our kids' heads, but it just kind of is what it is. But I really enjoyed spending time with him because you get to go a little bit of a layer deeper because when you're listening to his show, he's just kind of, again, the, the polite, cordial moderator. But in this interview, we got to dig down into some more personal things. So I really, really enjoyed that time. So guys, without further ado, let's get into it. Justin Brierly, welcome to Undaunted Life, a Man's Podcast. Thank you so much. It's so great to be with you. I'm so happy you were the second guy from the UK that we talked to. We talked to a Welsh explorer, so it's good to have some accents on our podcast. And so I I do want to give you the opportunity to describe a little bit about what you do, because one of the things that I love to do on this show is if there's an author or a show host or something, it's always cool to hear them describe what they produce in their own words, because I have talked about the unbelievable radio show and podcast a lot of times on this podcast, I talk about it and refer people to it as many times as I get the opportunity to do so. But if you would briefly, in your own words, give us a rundown of what your show is all about and why you decided to format it in the way that you did. Well, thank you so much for, for the invitation. Um, so I, I run a show and have been running a show for, wow, 15 years, actually, called Unbelievable um, with a question mark. And it's all about bringing Christians and non-Christians together in dialogue. Um, so it broadcasts actually on a Christian radio station here in the UK, but it's really picked up an international audience through the podcast. We kind of got into the podcasting thing quite early on. And and so we actually have quite a diverse listenership um, of both Christians and non-Christians across the world. And it's very much about asking the questions, you know, does Christianity make sense? Can it stand up intellectually? Is there evidence for God? Um, what about the history of Christianity? Does science and faith mix? All of those kinds of questions we do on the show. I sit down each week with different people on both sides of these questions 
to debate them. And um, and yeah, it's 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 been great. It's been a great journey for me as I've engaged with lots of atheists, especially along the way. So mm-hmm. we, we have a lot of atheist listeners now all over the world. Um, but it led eventually to me um, writing a book as well about that. It's called Unbelievable, Why After 10 Years of Talking with Atheists, I'm Still a Christian. So very much my case for Christian faith uh, and and looking at some of the arguments and objections for and against Christianity that have been dealt with on the show over the years. Uh, and the show has kind of gone off in other directions too. Uh, we, we run a regular conference uh, in London, uh, and we've also done a, a few in the States as well over the years. Uh, we've got a special video debate series called The Big Conversation. In fact, our next one uh, begins this Easter, actually. So um, the very first episode of our third season of The Big Conversation, bringing some of the biggest Christian and atheist thinkers together for the biggest questions in life. That begins on Good Friday. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what I do, um, and I enjoy it. It's it's always a challenge. It's always stimulating, and it's just enabled me to get to know so many interesting people over the years as well. Right, and that's a great primer to the things that you do. We're definitely going to talk more about The Big Conversation and your book, which I just finished here recently, and it's fantastic. But one thing I did want to kind of point out, and I'm sure people have pointed this out to you before. I remember listening to some of your episodes from years and years ago, right? And it seemed like at that time, because you typically do, you know, one, you know, theist guest and one atheist guest, that's typically how it works out. But you seemed especially keen to jump in into the debates a little bit earlier on in your moderation career, especially if the Christian guest was getting buried, like if they just weren't, weren't doing a good job. I, it's like you couldn't help yourself a little bit, but you don't really do that anymore. You are a tremendously and almost like painfully good you know, moderator. You are the Switzerland of moderators. And so how, how hard is it for you to bite your tongue during some of these debates? That, it is hard sometimes, actually, I've got to confess. I mean, um, there's very often, um, as you say, if you feel like, well, either side really is getting buried, you kind of want to kind of stand up for them a little bit. Um, but I am a Christian and I bring that with me into the studio. It's not like I can pretend I'm not a Christian, though I do try as far as possible to to be that neutral person, just making sure that both sides are heard, both sides are brought out. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting that you say you feel like it was earlier on in my 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 career that that you've heard me kind of inserting myself more into the conversations um i guess i've always tried to make sure that i bring the guests on who are going to make the best case on either side and so i don't have to do that in a sense i must mm-hmm. confess i did i did quite recently you know insert myself into one show we, we would i was hosting a debate between um a guy called dan kimball who's written a good book on some of the hard parts of the bible some of the most controversial passages in the bible and i had him on with quite a hardened atheist guest who came in to sort of debate that and uh, and danny did a great job but there was a point at which i felt actually um i, I really wanted to step in and ask some questions that i didn't feel dan was quite asking mm-hmm. about the the subject namely sort of how as an atheist um what what do they is it within their rights to criticize the bible morally if there is no such thing as an objective moral standard in the first place it's a kind of philosophical issue but i kind of went in on that and we did a bit of back and forth and i ended up saying oh i'm sorry i shouldn't be the one debating you and i kind of handed it back to dan but it's it's <laughs> so it's still a temptation to do that because um uh you know inevitably if you feel something hasn't quite been addressed you want to sort of try and do that yourself but i i try and avoid it when i can 
Well, I think you do a fantastic job of it because there are a lot of times, and you've mentioned this before, and I think you mentioned it in your book, there's a lot of people, if they listen to your show for the first time, they're not sure what you are and what you believe. They're, they're not sure that that you're a Christian or you're an atheist. They don't have any idea. And so I think that lends itself well to some of these conversations between people that you know maybe the world isn't familiar with, all the way up to the big conversation, and maybe that's a, a good time to transition to the big conversation. You've had some real heavyweights. Uh, debate on there. You've had Jordan Peterson, which is a, he's you know a huge guy for this podcast listenership, but also Steven Pinker and John Lennox and Daniel Dennett and and in season two, and then you you said you're going into season three here here soon. Um, th- let's talk a little bit about the big conversation and where did the idea come from to really have these sit downs between these enormously popular people. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. I, I, I mean, the big conversation really is unbelievable, but kind of with bells and whistles on in a way because. Right. Uh, it it's um it was actually prompted by us wanting to um we we approached the um the, the Templeton Foundation which is a big um grant giving body in the US um and I'd had loads of guests on the show who had been funded by the Templeton Foundation and their interest is in um exploring science and faith and the big questions of life and that kind of thing and uh, we went to them with this proposal we'd like to put together a special video debate series where we bring some of the biggest names out there and uh, and we put them together in studio and ask some of these big questions. And um, and thank you know uh, thankfully they said yes, and we were able to. And and it was particularly the funding for that that allowed us to both uh, be able to approach some of those bigger names, um, be able to bring people over, be able to put on live events, and be able to kind of make sure it reaches a wide audience as well. So that was really part of the reason was was that we were given the opportunity through some some funding for the show. Um, and yeah, and, and I think it's also just the fact that the show has grown in popularity, appeal has become more and more well known. And so in that way, we were able to to kind of, you know, get up the guts to to ask some of these really big names on. I have to confess that the Jordan Peterson thing, I it was also just a lot of good luck as well in that case, because um, I had been hearing about Jordan Peterson sort of in 2017. He'd kind of, you know, mm-hmm. been become known for this stand he'd taken against um, the enforced use of pronouns in Canada and that kind of thing. And people have been emailing me. Um, this was before he got really big, saying, "Oh, have you heard about this guy doing these biblical lectures? Really interesting, uh, sort of secular Canadian psychologist." Uh, so it was kind of a little bit on my radar. And and as I was then preparing to to, to invite people for this first season of the big conversation, I um, I, I I had. I, I met up with an American friend in the uh, in London while he was over, and he said, "You've got to get this guy Jordan Peterson on your show." So I said, "Okay, I'll try and make it happen for this big conversation season." I emailed his publisher, realized he's got this book coming out called Twelve Rules for Life," and she, the publisher says to me, um, "She says, yeah, we should be able to fit you in. He's actually coming over to London in January uh, for a bit of promotion for his book." So I thought, "Fantastic, <laughs> we'll we'll get him in." Um, well, as as the date draws closer. Um, she starts emailing me saying, oh, this this guy seems really popular. I hadn't expected how popular this guy is. And she kept trying to whittle down the amount of time I had because he was getting asked to do this <laughs> interview and that interview. And suddenly they were booking out, you know, these big auditoriums for him. And uh, and so finally, but I managed mm-hmm. to keep like at least an hour with him. And uh, this was for a debate with an atheist called Susan Blackmore. And um, and we we actually filmed that in early January 2018, just before he actually went kind of stratospheric, because it was just a couple of days after that recording that he had that infamous interview with uh, Kathy Newman in the UK. Kathy Newman. News presenter. Yeah. And then he just like, phew, it went crazy after that. 
Uh, but I'd managed to bag my my Peterson show just before that. And we held on to it until we released this big conversation later in the year. So, so yeah, a lot of people have discovered the show because of that particular particular show. Yeah, and I would say, because uh, again, I knew that was around the time of the Kathy Newman interview. I wasn't sure it was that close. But again, the thing that I like about this is these are recognizable names. These are people whose whose names you recognize from best-selling books. And then they're coming and they're having these very cordial but but pointed conversations about everything, you know, who we are, where, how did we get here? Where are we going to go when we die? Like those foundational fundamental questions. And in your book that you mentioned from the top of the show, you go over a lot of those questions as well. So again, the book is entitled Unbelievable. Why after 10 years of talking with atheists, I'm still a Christian. And so I, I would categorize it as a very accessible apologetics book with a few sprinkles of autobiography in there, because I feel like you bringing your story into the book is helpful. But I did want to point out one thing since, since we have a little bit of limited time in the last chapter of your book, there's a quote that I want you to kind of elucidate further for our audience. And I'll read the quote here. It also feeds into the question that sometimes gets asked by both atheists and Christians. Why doesn't God simply make his existence obvious to everyone? If he is there, why does he hide himself? Having devoted my life to hosting hundreds of debates on the evidence, I've come to a rather shocking conclusion. Maybe God isn't interested in people simply believing in him. So go a little further on that, because mm. I felt like of all the things to extrapolate from your book, it was the the arguments you were making there. That That's interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I come across this one frequently and, and it's a fair question, you know, from many atheists. Well, if God, if God does want us to believe in him, why doesn't he just make it undeniably true? You know, why, why is he hidden himself in the way that he evidently has if he does exist? Um, and, and yeah, and, and I, I increasingly, I felt actually, as I said, as you quote there in the book, I don't think God is simply that interested in us simply believing in him. I mean, you know, the, the Bible says even the demons believe and tremble, but the, the point is what is God actually interested in? I think what God's interested in is us trusting in him, loving him. And that's a lot different to just believing in him. You know, I can believe that, you know, there's a cup of tea here in front of me. It doesn't really make a lot of difference to my life, though. You know, I don't have to put any trust in this. Oh, you've got your coffee or whatever. But um, I, it does, you know, it doesn't impact me a great deal. Um, simply believing in things, you know, is, you know, giving your mental assent that something exists really doesn't make much difference. Um, you know, I, 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 I sometimes come across atheists as well. I love my atheist friends and, and, you know, the vast majority of my atheist friends are people I, I highly respect and, and they're, they're, they're truth seekers, you know, they are genuinely looking for it. But I, I do sometimes find atheists who say, look, I would believe in God if he did, if, if I had X, Y, Z proof. Okay. And I'm, I'm fine. Okay. Um, and would you worship that God then is sometimes my next question. If, if I could, you know, give you the evidence you need, and that's that's but that's a bit of a different question to simply believing in God, because actually, when you worship something, you have to feel like it's worthy of your worship. And, and very often Nathan would say, well, no, I don't think I necessarily would worship that God because this God would also have to satisfy X, Y, Z other moral. You know, I couldn't believe in a God who, you know, allows this right. or does that or whatever. And And the point is that at some point, um, it's not about simply believing in God. It's about whether you want that God in the first place, I often feel. I think there's often a an underlying issue going on about whether someone even wants there to be a God. So it, it's kind of almost peripheral um, as to, you know, just proving that that God exists. The question is, does that person actually want that God to exist? Would it make a difference to their life if, if that person did? 
Um, I think there's also a point here as well that that God doesn't want to force um, himself on anyone in the sense that I think there may be a case for saying God, there's a reason for God choosing to remain hidden because, um, you know, it would almost like take away our, our uh, if you like, our choice to, to trust in God. If, if you were kind of presented with God in a way mm-hmm. that was completely undeniable, it's almost as though, you know, God would be forcing God's self on everyone. And I think God doesn't do that. I think God sort of invites people to trust and invites them into a relationship. And that is a bit different. And if, if you were sort of making your, your existence so obvious that it could be, it couldn't be denied. Uh, right. I think that would somehow for me um, be a problem for, for people genuinely being able to choose, choose, choose God if they, if they wanted to. Well, and that's the argument that C.S. Lewis makes in Mere Christianity, where he talks about, you know, a world full of automatons is not a world worth creating. And by the way, it's not coffee, it is tea, because I knew oh. I was talking to a proper <laughs> Englishman this morning. So, uh, but Very no, that, that totally makes sense. But it brings up a point, since we've already been talking about Jordan Peterson, he's been asked, you know, a million times, do you believe in God? You know, do you believe in, you know, a, a deity and yeah, all those things? I asked things him that as well, answer. yeah. <laughs> right. And one of the best times that I feel like he gave that answer, he got so choked up because he's like, if you actually believe that, can you imagine what the, your life would be like? And I think for a lot of people, it's like mm-hmm. they they want to conveniently be able to box their theism or atheism uh, categorically, but it's like, no, 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 this is not a category of your life. Mm-hmm. It's your life. It's the only question because here's the thing is as a theist, as a follower of Jesus Christ, if I'm wrong about all of this, you know, I've wasted about 10% of my money. I've wasted time going to church. I've wasted time talking to you and reading your book. But if you're wrong as an atheist, it's everything. You know what I mean? Like that, like that's the, that's what's on the line of one of us being wrong, but here we go. I'm preaching. This is your interview. Let's move on because <laughs> this is a question from the very beginning when I knew we were going to do this interview that I wanted to ask you. So it's a two-part question. So I want to know if you could hold a debate, if you could moderate a debate between any two living people that have not been on your show yet. And I have a guess as to who that would be. I want to know that. And then I want to know the second part of the question. If you could moderate a debate between any two people in history, mm. regardless of the language they speak, right? So let's just assume you could understand what they're saying if they, for whatever reason, didn't speak English. So the the debate between two people that are alive that haven't been on the show yet and the debate of all time. And I do have a guess for both, but I'll let you know if I was right afterwards. Wow. Wow. What a question. Gosh. Um, okay. So two two living people who haven't yet been on the show. Okay. Yep. Um, oh, well, on the atheist side, if it's an atheist Christian debate, um, I would probably have to go for someone like Sam Harris, maybe he's, uh, he's mm-hmm. kind of been the one that got away, uh, so far. Um, very, very well-known atheist, huge, huge audience as well. So in a way it's, it's, it's partially just cause I'd love to kind of tap into all those Sam Harris fans and introduce them to the show as well. But I think, I think he's a fascinating person, uh, and, uh, I'd love to get him on the show at some point. Who would I put him into conversation with, though? That's that's the big question, isn't it? Um, you know, I've I have had I've had most of the the kind of big Christian intellectuals on the show at this point. So you know, I'd be tempted to right. well, to go back. You know, to let's, one of let's them. change it a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Right. So let's change it a little bit. So Sam Harris is your new one. So who would you want to put opposite of Sam Harris? You can put anybody. I can put anyone. Okay. All right. Um, I, I would love to hear uh, Sam Harris maybe engage with someone like uh, like a Tim Keller. I think that would be re- a really interesting mm. discussion to to put them together. Um, I I think there are some 
some fascinating other people like um he's coming on my show soon actually for this first season of the big conversation but um bishop robert barron i think is is a really interesting christian mm-hmm. thinker uh, with a huge audience and and doing really interesting things so so there, there, there's someone else um that i i think would be a great matchup for for someone like harris um but yeah i that, yeah some something like that um i don't know would, would you tune in for that would that be one that you'd uh you'd watch uh, well, of course, because one of the things, and I, I want to make sure I get the second part of the question. Uh, the thing about Sam Harris is, I feel like he's the least genuine of the new atheists because he doesn't he doesn't scream as loudly, and so all the other <laughs> ones are, are you know bombastic and rah, and they're very aggressive. He's not very aggressive, but he's very smug. He's very a matter of fact, and so not only does he come off as a dummy because of his arguments, he comes off as a very very smug elitist at the same time. And so he, I am not a fan of Sam Harris. Now mm. I do, I do approve of some of the ways that he takes people down. Like when Ben Affleck was jumping down his throat on the Bill Maher show, he just dismantled him by being calm. And so in that way, I mm. respect him, but I, I don't find his arguments to be incredibly yeah. compelling, but so yeah. that, that's what you would do if the, if for the two well, living it, people. It, 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 I mean, it, there were others I was sort of on the edge of as well. Like I'd love to get um, Stephen Fry on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's a well-known character here in the uk as well and and in a sense has a much more of a kind of general public um that know know who stephen fry is um and i'd love to have him uh, on because you, you probably remember when that video of him kind of berating god what he would say to god um if he went to heaven right. that kind of did the rounds a few years ago and i've never really seen him have a proper conversation on that so so it'd be great fun to, to get him in conversation with someone I, I have approached him a few times but uh it's always a very polite um reply of no basically so so right <laughs> one day who knows who knows all right so now we got to get to your all-time moderation debate so any two people in history you're in between wow. them you got three microphones mm. who's talking okay uh whew. okay so maybe in recent history um you know i would you know if it was an atheist christian matchup i would love to see someone like c.s lewis versus i don't know nietzsche or someone like that you know some kind of incredible like that would be like you know the debate of the decade wouldn't it you know two two people of that kind of stature i mean if i'm allowed to go even further back i mean who wouldn't want to see the apostle paul you know in athens doing his thing um maybe opposite one of the great roman philosophers or or greek philosophers you know aristotle plato who knows um you know if, if i've really got my choice of any ancient figure um that would just be extraordinary wouldn't it to see to see to see that kind of a matchup um and and i i, I love reading that that passage in act 17 where you know you see paul debating the, the thinkers of the day in athens because that's kind of what i feel like unbelievable is trying to do today uh in in, in our generation but gosh wouldn't it have been great to, to have been in the crowd that day and see what happened there eh? Yeah, it would have been unbelievable. I mean, I had a feeling you might say Paul, but I really thought you would say C.S. Lewis because I feel like C.S. Lewis wrote about 15% of your book because you quoted <laughs> C.S. Lewis so many times. But as so here's the thing, as a C.S. Lewis fan, we have a book list on our website on our website called 100 Books Every Modern Christian Man Should Read, and we've got 15 different categories. We have leadership and business, we have marriage, we have money. There's an entire section called 
C.S. Lewis. He has his, he has his own section on yeah, the book yeah. list. And so that's how important I think his writing is to us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, a C.S. Lewis versus a Nietzsche or a Karl Marx or, or someone like that, I feel like that would have just been absolutely incredible. But we are going to mm-hmm. drop down out of the world of make-believe now and come back down <laughs> to the real world. And so I feel like this question is going to summarize some of the other questions I wanted to ask you. And it's, let's say this was the end of your career today. Hopefully not. Hopefully I don't get you in trouble on this podcast so much that your career is over, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Let's say today was the end of your career and you could leave just one of your debates that you've moderated for, for humanity. So everything else that you've produced up to this point, gone in an instant, but you can leave one that represents Justin Brierley, Unbelievable, Premier Christian Radio, whatever you want to do. What is that one debate that you feel like defines what you've done up to this point? I'm making you pick your favorite children. I wow. know. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Oh man, man. The the trouble is actually just remembering them all as well. <laughs> there's been there's been like a, nearly eight hundred of them now. So I'm kind of I'm 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 really struggling <laughs> struggling just to think what what were they all and and you know um, what I mean there were ones that that kind of you know stick in the memory as as really interesting great discussions um, between interesting people. Uh, I mean, oh, oh, this is really tough. I mean, one of the ones I enjoyed the most, and again, I'm probably just picking this because it's happened in the last couple of years, um, mm-hmm. and, and there are probably more, more if I rack my memory um, going further back. But one of the ones I enjoyed most was actually um, bringing John Lennox and Dave Rubin together. Uh, mm-hmm. We did that out in California um, in October great 2019. Great interview. That was great. Part of part of our big conversation season two. And, um, and it was just very different because... Um, Dave Rubin was so lovely, so very open and willing to basically be grilled by me and the audience as well in their questions. And uh, and you just got the sense, actually, he was really genuinely open to the idea that, that maybe there is a God and maybe that God can be known. And and that kind of allowed us to go to a level you don't normally go to in these debates. Mm-hmm. Very often you do end up just at the conceptual, analytical debate level and there's a place for that you know that's where a lot of people are but it's really interesting sometimes to to move beyond that and and to be able to actually say kind of kind of engage more at an emotional personal level and I feel that's what happened in that discussion and there was just it was such an electric atmosphere in the room when we did that 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 thing you know live with the audience there um people were just on the edge of their seats because there was a real sense that we were really digging into you know um, you know, a genuine sort of heartfelt conversation on stuff that really mattered. So it had an intellectual edge to it, obviously, but it, it felt as much like, you know, John was really helping us to to engage sort of, you know, some, some of the deepest desires that, that Dave Rubin has. And, and, you know, he just said some really interesting things. He talked uh, more than I'd heard him ever talk before about his own spiritual journey, if you like, where he'd gone from kind of quite, you know, being sort of in the new atheist sort of camp to actually now essentially rejecting the label atheist saying that he's, he's really on this journey of seeking he obviously talked at some length mm-hmm. about the way peterson had influenced him as well in that so um so yeah if, if i was forced to choose off the top of my head that might be a contender for for the one to leave behind well, the Irish in, Irishman in me really likes the fact that you picked one of John Lennox's, so that that was really <laughs> helpful. But I do want to, as we wind down our interview here, there's a segment of our show that I love to do called, What Would You Say to Someone That Said? 
And then I fill in the blank with a statement. And this might be a big statement. It might be a small statement, but this is lightning round. You have 30 seconds or less to give us your answer. So we're going to strip away all the niceties. We're getting just to the meat and potatoes. So what do you say? Are you up for it? Yeah. So just remind me what I'm doing again. I, I have to just insert something. Well, so basically I'm going to say, what would you say to someone that said, you know, oranges are the best fruit and you just have to give your opinion, your answer to that in a little yeah. 30 second or less. Jump. Okay. Okay. All right. Just my, my off the top of my head, immediate answer. Off I'll do my best. Head. I all can't right. guarantee it will make any sense, but I'll try. Okay. That's all right. All right. Here we go. Let's try the first one. What would you say to someone that said, Justin Brierly is a wonderful moderator? I'd say thank you very much. Uh, I'm so glad you think that. I don't always do a very good job, but if you say I do, I'm very happy to accept that compliment. All right. What would you say to someone that said Justin Brierly is a terrible moderator? I would agree with you that often I am. And uh, <laughs> there are many times when I've done a terrible job at moderating debates, but please, please judge me in the whole rather than by the, the last one you watched, which obviously went very badly. <laughs> That's very humble of you, but yeah, I appreciate that. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> what would you say to someone that said Richard Dawkins is legitimately scared to debate William Lane Craig? <laughs> I'd say I think there may be some truth in that um, because when we have ever invited him to debate anyone really who's actually got the intellectual ability to answer his issues, he's always turned us down. And uh, he's debated you know, other people who, you know, frankly, you know, are, are easy wins. Um, so yes, I think you're telling the truth, sir, I would say at that point. All right, Roger that. Next one here. What would you say to someone that said, I'm not smart enough to engage in a debate with someone about my faith? I'd say um, that's fine. Um, because ultimately, talking to someone about your faith is is, is not ultimately about winning an argument. Um, it's fine to say to someone, I don't know if they ask you something or they challenge you with something which you don't know, but just be truthful, but say, I'd love to continue the conversation. Let me go away, do some reading, find out a bit mm -hmm. more and let's return. Don't let the, don't, don't let fear stop you from continuing a conversation. Um, and ultimately people are just as interested in the way you say things and the way you live your life as your intellectual arguments as well. Right. I think that actually dovetails nicely into the next one. What would you say to someone that said, apologists are more concerned about being right than they are about serving people? I would say, unfortunately, you're probably true a lot of the time. Uh, and it's one of the great dangers of apologetics that we can make an idol out of our intellectual arguments. And ultimately, I don't think people ever are argued into the kingdom of God. Now, Intellectual arguments, dismantling some objections may be a key part of someone's journey towards faith. But ultimately, if the way you act towards them isn't an example that they would like, if if, if the, what you're showing them isn't attractive in the first place, people aren't going to listen to your arguments in the first place. So I would say, yeah, we need to be people who have good intellectual arguments, but also lives that actually look like Jesus. Absolutely. Just a few more here. What would you say to someone that said, in the end, a loving God couldn't possibly send anyone to hell. I would say, yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I don't think a loving God does send anyone to hell. Um, my view is that people choose it for themselves. If there is a hell, the only reason people are there is because they didn't want what God was offering. And I believe in freedom. I believe that some people choose that. Now, it's a great mystery 
And you may think, well, why on earth would anyone choose hell over God? But actually, when I look around me, I see a lot of people who choose to live lives that are self-contained, uh, selfish, uh, people who, if they were asked to bow before anything other than themselves, would struggle to do that. So for me, I don't believe in a God who sends people to hell. I believe in people who choose it for themselves. All right. Great answer. A couple more here. What would, you, what would you say to someone that said, many people worship pastors more than they worship Jesus? I'd say there's probably a lot of truth in that, sadly, um, because unfortunately, a lot of Western Christianity is built kind of as a bit of a copy of the culture, which is a very celebrity driven culture right now. And mm -hmm. so that's the way often ministries and platforms are built on a similar kind of celebrity driven culture. I think there are people out there with big platforms who do use it wisely and humbly. Uh, but unfortunately, um, it's very easy to fall into the trap of following an individual rather than following Jesus. And I think some of the most recent scandals in the Christian world have taught us just how dangerous that is. Uh, Ravi Zacharias and other key Christian leaders who have fallen from grace. Uh, it's, a, it's a stark reminder that we need to be pointing people towards Jesus and not to ourselves. Absolutely. All right, Justin, the last and maybe the most important question of the day, what would you say to someone that said, talking with a British accent doesn't actually make you smarter? I would say, of course it does. Can't you hear just how smart I am by this amazing accent I have? I've been told by all of my US friends, it makes me 50% smarter just speaking with this accent. So I'm going to claim that and, and I won't hear any different, Kyle. All right. Hey, fair enough. I mean, I, if you need me to refer to you as Sir Justin Brierly from now on, I can certainly do so. And I gave I gave your partner over there, Ruth Jackson, a compliment the other day. I complimented her on her voice, and she said, "Hey, you know, people over here don't compliment my voice. I should spend more time in the states." So, anytime either of you want to come over and hang out with us, we would surely love to have you. Yeah. Well, my serious answer to that, though, Kyle, is of course it doesn't make me any more intelligent. <laughs> but if it gives the impression, I'll use whatever I can. So, yeah, thank you very much. I will absolutely take that. Well, Justin, I really appreciate all your time and we have gone all over the place, but that is all for me. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest? Well, um, I would just say, uh, if you're interested in the show, you can find it, you know, just search up in podcasts, unbelievable, you should find it. But yeah, do look out for our forthcoming season of The Big Conversation. Um, kicks off on Friday, the 2nd of April. Uh, you can download it um, on our podcast. You'll be able to watch it on our unbelievable YouTube channel as well. Um, and you can go to the bigconversation.show to get signed up and make sure that you don't miss it. Uh, we're kicking off with a great debate between Bishop Robert Barron, who's a big thinker out there, uh, and a well-known atheist YouTuber called Cosmic Skeptic. So, um, so that's one not to be missed. Uh, it begins soon. And if you want more from me, uh, indeed, uh, we, I've, we've got signed copies of the book and um, even a free kind of audible, you get a free audio book with an audible trial and that kind of thing. Um, the, the, the easiest place to go these days is my personal website as well, which is justinbriarly.com to find out more. All right, guys, we will have all of those links in the show notes. But for now, Justin Briarly, thanks for coming on Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. Thank you, Kyle. Great to be with you. 
There you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed my time with Justin Brierly, guys. I really enjoyed the conversation I had with him, and it potentially might lead to some other interesting things that we're going to be doing with the Unbelievable Show, so make sure you stay on the lookout for that. But guys, before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know, by now, we are a men's ministry, and our mission is cultivating manly resilience, and specifically, we do that by providing you content like this podcast that helps you uh, helps you forge spiritual, mental, and physical resilience and toughness. So guys, the links I have for you today, I've got Justin Brierly's website, so it's just justinbrierly.com. I've also got a link to the Unbelievable Show website, and then there's also an American website, so you can check that out as well. And then there's an Amazon link to his book, Unbelievable, and then there's the Big Conversation website. So guys, you should really spend some time with those conversations because, I mean, it's it's kind of in the name. They are big conversations. These are incredibly big topics with these huge people that that are the huge in the areas that they that they study and they're great intellectuals and it's amazing that they were able to get these people in the same room to have these discussions so you should definitely spend some time with that all right guys thanks so much for listening to the show really do appreciate it if you would please subscribe wherever you're listening to this and if we deserve a five-star review please go ahead and leave us one i'm currently booking speaking engagements for the remainder of 2021 so if you want to come speak at your team at your men's event on your podcast just hit me up info at undaunted.life that's i-n-f-o at undaunted.life the website is www.undaunted.life you can follow us on instagram and twitter at undauntedlife or facebook.com backslash undauntedlife check out our free devotionals on the Version bible app just search undaunted life under plans and as always we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song Defender, which is off their latest record entitled Guardians. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience. Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah. I need a